Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Wake up! The Early Line. Line up, All right, another action-packed Tuesday. I cannot believe it. It is Tuesday. It is March 10th. As uh, as we get rolling, the big boys this week in college hoops will be in action. It will start tonight, in fact, in the ACCs. We've got a couple of teams, uh, four teams, in fact, getting ready to do battle. Some big-name teams, too, uh, in action tonight. We do have a, a couple of conference championships up. We do have uh, more of those uh, mid-major conferences uh, rounding out. Getting that uh, that that bid that they need in order to be able to go dancing here on Sunday, and it'll be here before we know it's Selection Sunday. That is, and last night while it wasn't a big card, it certainly uh, delivered on a couple of fronts and a couple of angles as uh, the Zags uh, ended up taking care of business there against uh, the Dons of San Francisco. Congratulations, they are playing. St. Mary's tonight for all the marbles, so to speak, as St. Mary's uh, took care of barely uh, business against BYU, 51 to 50. And even more importantly, uh, one of the systems that we have been preaching to you guys for a while now uh, really showed how effective and how profitable it could be last night. And it's something to keep in mind as we get ready for conference tournaments all week long leading up till Sunday uh, these are some things you need to take a look at and keep in mind come from uh, come conference uh, come the tournament time rather when a lot of these teams are going to be in foreign places, foreign gyms, foreign nets, foreign lights, places they just uh, don't often play and that attends to uh, that tends to affect the outcome of the game from a total perspective and last night alone, Neutral site games, guys, and this is, uh, highlights the point. And we'll dive more into this as we uh, as we get ready for the card tonight. Uh, they went eight and one to the under last night. Wow. That's eight and one to the under on neutral site games. Not because these teams are terrible, not because the market was overinflated, but more or less when you have a BYU team that averages 78, 80 points a game, uh, going up against the St. Mary's team that could drop. 80, 90 points, no problem, and they both score 101 points. Tells you everything you need to know about neutral site. We'll get more into that, but first, let's get Dan Savin in here to get you caught up with all the headlines from overnight in the world of sports. Good morning. Well, Joe, a double OT thriller between the Hornets and the Atlanta Hawks. Didn't expect to say that this morning, but Atlanta comes out on top. 143, 138, 31 points, 16 assists, four rebounds for Trey Young. He went six of 13 from three-point range. On the other side of the ball, Terry Rozier with a career-high 40 points. He shot eight of 13 from three-point range, four rebounds, three assists, and one steal. The Toronto Raptors beat the Utah Jazz 101-92. Pascal Siakam had 27 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists in the victory as the Toronto Raptors keep things rolling on their season. And for the Denver Nuggets and the Milwaukee 
Bucks. The Bucks went into Denver with a makeshift lineup that no one could have predicted. And they come away with a loss, 109-95. to Jamal Murray for the Nuggets, 21 points on the night to lead the Nuggets to victory. The NBA, NHL, MLB, and MLS are closing access to locker rooms and clubhouses to all non-essential personnel in response to the coronavirus crisis. The league's announced in a joint statement Monday night. The league said they had made the decision, quote, after consultation with infectious disease and public health experts. In the college ranks, St. Mary's is heading back to the WCC finals on the back of a last-second shot from Jordan Ford. Final score over 14th-ranked BYU was 51-50. to Michael Conforto is on his way back to New York to meet with the Mets medical director, Dr. David Alcheck, after he tweaked his side while making a catch on Saturday. Willie Calhoun's fractured jaw did not need to be wired shut during Monday's surgery. A single plate was inserted, and doctors said that was enough. Francisco Lindor told Jason Lloyd of The Athletic that he and the Indians had suspended contract extension talks. And more coronavirus updates. The status of three San Jose Sharks hockey games, the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament at Stanford, and one MLS game are in doubt after Santa Clara County announced a ban of all large gatherings of at least 1,000 people for the rest of the month in response to the coronavirus outbreak. I'm Dan Strapper, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, Dan, thank you uh, very much. It was a slow night in the NBA, but uh, again, some value across the board in those three games that were available to us. And uh, a fun game in the uh, very first one of the night there, Charlotte and Atlanta, a game in which uh, I did not understand it, Dan. It was one of the strangest lines. You know, every, every now and then you look at a line Right. You glance at it. You see it. Then you yeah. look away. Then you come back. You look at it again. You're like, uh, um, all right, let, let me clean my eyes. And then you come back again. I, I did that for about 15 minutes yesterday with this game. Be, not because uh, Atlanta was laying five points or Charlotte was getting five points, uh, because the total kept dropping mm. and the total kept dropping the 222 last night, which is where it went off. And when I looked at Atlanta's numbers, you're talking about a team at home now, at home, that gives up on average just in the last month 119 points a game. Right. They, too, average 119 points a game. And I could not. I'm looking for injuries. I'm going, all right, who's <laughs> the, there's something got to be wrong here. And it's so funny because, you know, times like that is where you go, it's too good to be true. It's got to be not true, right? There's, there's a right. catch. What am I there missing? There wasn't a catch. The fact that it went to two overtimes doesn't make a difference. They covered the over in regulation, and Trey Young had an opportunity, of course, to shut the door with two free throws at the with one second left on the clock. He made the first one, missed the second one, and then, of course, it didn't matter. They ended up going to a double overtime, in fact. The over, obviously, way over, but there are, this time of year, there mm -hmm. are some of those edges and some of those spots where – don't talk yourself out of something just because, and we preach it all the time, Dane, follow the money, follow the market. Right. Well, the market was telling us the under was good last night, but man, when your gut is screaming going, none of this makes any damn sense, go with your gut. It's probably a good reminder, especially as we head into conference tournament play here tonight in college hoops and for the final 30 days of the NBA regular season. Yeah, Joe, and I think especially when you have a game like this with two teams that are not contenders, right, anymore. They are worried about, you know, their vacations, their tea times. You say it all the time, right? Defense requires effort. 
And if they're not if at full effort because, you know, that ship has sailed for their postseason, you may have even more chance of some of these games going over Whereas in the college tournaments, you talked about it, unfamiliar buildings, even starting next week, unfamiliar opponents, right? And the 18-year-olds get a little bit nervous. This is the biggest stage they've ever been on. So the idea of the totals being the market we look at, even more than some of the spreads in the next few weeks, holds water with me, Joe. And I like, and there was another, um, and I'm so glad you brought up the defense because right. it, it's absolutely correct, certainly in the NBA. So that's why last night one of my plays was the Denver Nuggets and the Milwaukee Bucks to yep. the under. If you guys have been following the Denver Nuggets, um, they are not having a good stretch here. They're not having a lot of fun. Their coach is going absolutely ballistic, saying, we quit. We don't give any effort. There's no defense. Milwaukee went into that game last night without the Greek feet, but they also came in on a two-game losing streak. They've, they haven't lost three games in, in Lord knows how long. So effort, to me, was never going to be a problem last night in that game. You were going to get a defensive effort from Denver because their coach has been calling them out now for the last week. And Milwaukee, listen, you may not have the Greek freak, but what they do on a consistent basis is bring the defense. They don't want to be losers of three straight. So what you ended up getting was a Denver cover at 109 to 95. They get the win, they get the cover, but the under hits because of that same premise where sure. two teams that are in it and, you know, they got to make sure that it doesn't go the other way because seating is well, it's pretty darn important come the playoff time, especially in the Western Conference. When a coach calls out his players, expect the players to respond. Yeah, and we've been talking about this, Joe, as it relates to the Western Conference. The Nuggets are fighting with the Clippers, with the Jazz, with the Rockets for seeding, right? And I know you think these things are both going through L.A. regardless, but at some point, having some games at Denver at home mm -hmm. is going to matter. This is a 25-8 and eight squad at home, but we were both on this yesterday, Joe. I think we made it at our best bet with the Nuggets, and this was a scheduling kind of issue. For the, Greek, for the Milwaukee Bucks, it was the second of a back-to-back -back on the West Coast. We know Denver's a tough place to play. We knew there would be no Giannis, but then there was also no Chris Middleton. Okay, yeah. also no Brooke Lopez, right? So sometimes you got to look at the schedule as well, especially this late in the season. This was going to be a tall task for the Milwaukee Bucks. Denver was good at home. We laid the number. No problem cashing that one. Yeah, yeah. Anytime you can keep Milwaukee under a hundred, which is about what they've been now, even with Giannis there in the second half, guys. It's it's classic Budenholzer. Right. And meanwhile, Utah, what a shot! Can't win at home. Uh, the Raptors getting six, two hundred uh, on the money line, plus two hundred on the money line, guys. One hundred one to ninety-two. Uh, the Raptors continue to show their strength. No Fred Van Fleet last night doesn't make a difference. The Raptors are a class above. The Utah Jazz, they continue to show it. Utah has had all sorts of problems winning games on their own court. I yeah. don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. They should be much better at home than they have been. But last night, it was the Toronto Raptors that got the best of Utah, who had gone on a nice little streak here. But again, it's the you beat the bad teams. It's the good teams you have problems with. And if you can't beat those good teams at home, I can't look at the Utah Jazz. And this has been all year long, guys. I, I can't look at them and go, wow, this is – I can't take you seriously when you can't get up for the big games on your own home court, 
which they have not done all year long. That's a problem for the Utah Jazz. Yeah, I agree with you, Joe. I remember talking to you yesterday. We thought this profiled similarly to Milwaukee-Denver, but Toronto gets it done. I actually think it says more about Toronto than Utah. Toronto can do it any which way you want. Yep, absolutely. All right, we'll recap college hoops last night. We'll take a look ahead as to what is coming up. Big games, championship games. We'll talk about that next here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com So conference tournament play continues here on a Tuesday. Of course, Selection Sunday just around the corner where a lot of teams will, uh, a lot will depend upon how they perform here this week as they get ready to battle ACC, getting ready to uh, start tonight. North Carolina uh, will be uh, out on the court tonight. Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh, uh, Wake Forest, a couple of ACC matchups we got to get through, of course. Uh, some uh, mid-major championships, including the Western Conference, as the Zags will get ready to take on uh, St. Mary's. And it is a great reminder at this time of year about 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds. These college kids are not NBA players and playing in neutral site games. And we all know throughout the year it's been hard enough to get teams to be able to perform on the road in conference play. They're much better. They're much more comfortable in their own gyms. And it makes all the sense in the world when you've got, you know, predominantly starting freshmen on a lot of these top programs. And it's not just the top programs. It's the mid-majors, too. So when you looked at last night and the amount of neutral site games that were going on, they went 8-1. and one. Uh, to the under, and it's something we've been preaching, and it's something you should definitely keep an eye on uh, tonight because we have a whole nother set of games tonight in the same situation. BYU-St. Mary's, 148.5. They scored 101 points. That's under, and they're playing in Vegas at the the Orleans Arena. Yeah, So they're in Vegas. They're not home. None of these teams are really home. Wisconsin-Green Bay, Northern Kentucky – That total, we gave you here under uh, with, of course, Northern Kentucky winning, but took them a little while to get revved up. Having a week off and a double bye, North Dakota, Purdue. You go down a list, the only team that covered to the over was the Zags and the Dons, which, yeah, go figure, Gonzaga to an over. But everything else was eight and one. And when you've got big conference tournaments getting started today, I, you'd be out of your mind over the next six days not to include looking at neutral site games as part of your, your handicap right now. Whether it's Niagara Marist, Iona Canisius tonight, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, Wake Forest, Pittsburgh, Howard versus South Carolina State, and Maryland Eastern Shores versus Delaware State. Some of these teams are on a back-to-back. Some of these teams have played three games in four days. All of that, name leads to yep. unders here tonight. Yeah, absolutely. We've been talking about this, you know, all season long. When you talk about some of these big cavernous arenas, the depth perception, we've had this conversation about my guys at Syracuse, people coming into the Carrier Dome. And I've said this, you know, when we get to next week, next Thursday and Friday, I am betting all 32 
first half unders, okay? And Joe, when you're saying the other, I even like it better as the first half under, okay? Because maybe they adjust a little bit. Maybe they get used to the different court. Maybe they get used to the opponent in the second half and it could open up a little bit. I like what you're talking about from a philosophical standpoint. I'll even take it one step further and think that they get out of the gate slow and I would even lean even more to the first half unders and we see that again tonight you know some for example the mac conference championship is happening at boardwalk hall in atlantic city right and these this is an arena that a lot of these teams have not played in before and is bigger than the basically the high school gym that it looks like when you play your normal regular season games yeah and you're gonna have a uh, you're gonna have a lot of that going on it's a it's a different environment different rims different yep. nets different lighting depth perception you name it it's all in play here tonight, not to mention a lot of these, you know, a lot of these mid-major programs have been playing basketball for a week now. So sure. a lot of these guys have been playing game after game after game. So you got tired legs, which means you've got uh, you got the three-point line moved back this year in college basketball, right. efficiencies down, all of a sudden a little tired legs and, and you don't, that hits the rim instead of the backboard type you know, of situation. That, uh, that's a problem. Absolutely, Joe. And that happened. Remember, we talked about East Tennessee State and Wofford mm -hmm. yesterday, right? And how this was a game where, where Wofford was like the number seven seed in conference, was, had lost seven in a row going mm -hmm. into the conference tournament, but then got hot, right? Got yep. hot going into it. But look at what happened, Joe. Fourth game in four days or three game in three days. You told me yesterday that Wofford live by the three, die by the three. Well, yep. when you're playing your fourth game in four days, look what happens. Wofford goes six of 25 from beyond the arc, Joe. Only 24%. And they go down by 14 points, you know, in the conference final. Especially teams, right, Joe, that are driven by guard play. Especially teams with a higher tempo or pace of play. That takes yep. a grind. I know they're only 18, 19 years old, but three or four games in as many days is going to wear on you, especially if you profile as that kind of team. Got to be something you think about here as you get to Sunday here. You, we, we've got about six days worth of basketball games where these types of scenarios and these types of situations are going to happen a lot. And the other thing you got to keep in mind is this time of year, you have an influx of dollars into the marketplace right. for people who didn't watch one college basketball game all year, but because it's March Madness and because mm -hmm. people are going, wow, this is great. Let me go ahead and, oh, look at this. And, and the one thing we know about public bettors is they love their overs. They love their favorites. Right. So you are going to get inflated lines, and the books know this. We're not, we're not reinventing the wheel here, and uh, this is – they know this. It's in there. The lines are already shaded to that fact. So you couple that with more and more money now entering the marketplace, there's going to be a huge opportunity. And let's face it, when we're talking about unders in college basketball of all places, you know, we're talking about value. We're talking about going contrarian because the public nine times out of 10 is going to hit the favorite. Dane, if they're going to yeah. hit the, oh, they want to see. Sure. Nobody wants to root for 51 to 50, not that it was a great game, yeah. but I don't want 51 to 50 is the public's like, hell no, that bores me to tears. I need scoring. I need 85 to 80. I need overtime. That's what they bet with. That's how they bet. And that's why being a contrarian over the next six days could be one of the most profitable things that you do 
all college basketball season long. Be a contrarian this week, especially on some of these neutral site games. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, as soon as the public money gets into the marketplace, right? Mm -hmm. And there is going to be more as soon as the calendar switch to March. Because now is the time people are like, ooh, my brackets. Ooh, yep. let me watch this, you know. Um, so that prices it up. And you, I, other sharps, other people who know are just going to slide right underneath. If I'm getting an extra point, I'm getting an extra point and a half. I will lean under. We like the unders anyway, Joe. We just right. said it earlier in the segment, right? Unfamiliar opponents later on next week, third yep. time around this week, unfamiliar buildings, and sphincters get tight when a championship is on the line. Yeah, yeah. I, listen, congratulations to the Zags, 81-77 over the Dons. We knew the Dons were going to give them all they, could, uh, all they could handle. This is a team that has been playing very, very well, especially in the tournament. Uh, the Zags, some of these teams played for the very first time last night, like BYU and, of course, uh, Gonzaga, because they had that double buy situation, Northern right. Kentucky. Uh, but they didn't cover as a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. The over, though, 151, was the play to go. And then St. Mary's uh, with the upset over number 14, BYU. Big win for them. 51 to 50. And, you know, they did it on a last second shot, too, mm -hmm. uh, by their kid Ford, who has just been monstrous for them all year long. He is their best player. And uh, he nails a jump shot, which was nice to see, a little mid range jump shot. Mm -hmm. uh, nails it as the clock is really going out and uh, spoils it there for the uh, BYU. But BYU will be just fine moving in. I still like them. You saw the rust there. Gonzaga didn't hurt him. Northern Kentucky didn't hurt him. It just felt like BYU, an up-tempo team, could not get it going. And when St. Mary's dictated tempo, it was pretty much over at that particular point. It was going to be very hard for you to beat a slugfest against a team that ranks 355 out of 356 teams in tempo. St. Mary's, if they're playing half court, it fewer possessions, less times to score. That is not BYU's game. And uh, the rush showed a little bit there, and it ended up costing them in that game. Yeah, so uh, Jordan Ford hits the shot, right, 51-50. But I'm going to tell you something. Here's another place that it could have hurt BYU. Joe, BYU went only 60% from the free throw line yeah, yesterday, yeah, right? Very, and so yeah. if you're talking about a one-point game, right, those are some interesting points you could have had right yep. there. So maybe, you know, the rust hurts. I got to tell you something. St. Mary's, I think this is a huge win for them, Joe. Okay, because yep. now they advance. They get an opportunity to show up and show out against Gonzaga. Do you think this win against number 14 BYU is enough for them to punch their ticket? Like, is the West Coast Conference a three-bid league, Joe? It's Well, if St. Mary's wins, they get the automatic bid. Right. And then but have they done Zag enough? In anyway, so they're going to get an outlarge. Does BYU... That's a discussion uh, they're going to have to have in that room on Sunday. But if if the Zags win, if St. Mary's uh, loses a close one, if St. Yeah, Mary's loses a close one, no, right? St. Mary's won this same game last year. Guys. Yeah, they St. Mary's got the like we know game. them as a mid-major team that's out there, and they're in. Uh, they're in if they win, and they know sure. this because they did it last year. So the Zags are going to have to figure out. Uh, and I think they they got all the rust off. The Zags are not going to leave anything for. Uh, for chance here, but this is another one of those situations where you have one team, Gonzaga's got no problem pushing the pace, coming out flying. St. Mary's don't want to get in that game. St. Right. Mary's is just going to slow it down. The fewer possessions Gonzaga has, like BYU had last night, the less opportunities for them to score. 
So that's going to be the battle. But the good news is these teams know each other better than anybody. This is going to be a war, a war in which you got a revenge factor in place here because of what happened to the Zags last year. A lot of those same kids yeah. on the team this year for the Zags, Mark Few, he's not going to let them forget it. They know what's going on. They're a little bit, and again, St. Mary's, how many games is that now in four days? Three games in four yeah, days? Yeah, it's going to be a gauntlet. Going to be in a unfamiliar gym, but yeah. being in an unfamiliar gym is when <laughs> when you're only throwing up 37 possessions right. because you're holding it on until one second is on the clock every time. It makes it very hard to come back in those types of games. St. Mary's is a live dog tonight, one way or the other. I think the Zags will get them, but St. Mary's is not a team that you can sleep on. And then I do think it kind of throws everything to a win. Right. Bubble teams in the Big Ten are cheering for Gonzaga tonight. Absolutely. Yeah, the way it's supposed to be. So That's right. some of these other bubble teams don't have to worry about having a conversation in a room where it's BYU, it's St. Mary's. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Tournament games tonight, Western Conference, MAC, ACC, MEAC, Northeast, American East, Southwestern, all getting ready to uh, to tip off here, including uh, a couple of the big boys, North Carolina taking on Virginia Tech. Uh, Pitt will take on uh, Wake Forest there in the start of the ACC tournament. And then, of course, uh, tomorrow, uh, the rest will follow, Big Ten, SEC, uh, you know, Pac-12. They'll all be uh, ready to rock and roll to crown a champion here by Sunday. It'll all be said and done. Brackets uh, will be ready to go. And, of course, uh, a couple of play-in games, which are always fun. you got to love the, uh, the excitement that that brings to the table. It'll be fun to see and, and also familiarize yourself, guys, with where these tournament games and where these brackets and quadrants are being played because it does shift and there might be, obviously, uh, there might be a slight advantage. And any advantage that a 18, 19, 20-year-old kid has as far as teams, uh, fans traveling because it's close to the destination, um, that will help. You know, West Coast teams on the East Coast, not exactly great. West Coast right. teams on the West Coast, well, that usually helps them out, Dane. So there's uh, those are some of the things to keep in mind as the brackets continue to fill out here. And once we get Selection Sunday over, understand where these teams are versus where they've got to travel to because that is definitely going to play a role, certainly early on in the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. We talk about, you know, it, it's lucky if teams get a kind of relative home game. But that happens this week as well, Joe. You know, you're talking about some of the big tournaments, right? The ACC. I mentioned the um, Big East at uh, Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City. We're going to see conference tournaments at MSG at Barclays, right? But some of these smaller tournaments, Joe, the higher-seeded team literally gets a home game. Okay, right. so you have to know about that. I go to the America East, for example, Joe, today. You got two games. You got the semifinals, right? You remember UMBC, the first ever 16 seed to beat Virginia, the one seed, a few years ago. They play Vermont in the semifinals, all right? Baltimore County 
playing Vermont. Yeah, it's up in Burlington, Vermont. It is a home game for the Catamounts. The same thing in the other uh, semifinal in the America East. You got Hartford versus Stony Brook. Yeah, it's in Stony Brook, okay? Both of these teams are the higher seeds and the favorites, but... To your point, Joe, you have to see where are some of these games played this week and next week. How far are these teams traveling? How many of their fans will be in the building? Another thing that impacts 18- and 19-year-olds. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, semifinals were last night, finals tonight across the board in a lot of these places. Hofstra, Northeastern uh, getting ready to do battle, a matchup from uh, – uh, from a year ago, they got a little revenge going. Canisius and Iona, look at the Gales uh, yeah. continuing to uh, continuing to show up when it comes uh, crunch time here. They uh, just continue to impress uh, a year that didn't start off all that great. Uh, but boy, oh boy, have they managed to be able to put it together. And uh, it would be nice to see Iona go dancing, uh, so, so to speak, uh, if they can run the tables here. So I know uh, Fasano again, would Paris, like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Illinois, Chicago, Northern Kentucky. Uh, we told you St. Mary's, Gonzaga, and of course, Manhattan versus Fairfield. The MEAC getting underway here tonight. Uh, a lot at stake for a lot of these teams because there's not a lot of avenues for them to be able to get sure. to. Yeah. But then again, at the same time, while the ultimate prize is let's get to the, you know, let's get to the top 64, let's get ourselves a bid. You know, these teams ending up in the NIT, there's two or three other tournaments that are going to happen around the same time. Um, just playing basketball, continuing to play basketball past Sunday, you know, for a lot of these schools, especially a lot of these mid-major programs, that's, uh, that's reward enough for them. Sure, but I actually look at it the other way, Joe. I look at, like, some of these schools, Vermont, for example, Prairie View A&M, for example, these are teams that were dominant in their conference, right? But because they are in such small conference, this is a one-bid league. You and I both know this, right? So you look at Vermont, who had a great season. If they trip up today or tomorrow in the final, three, four months of work goes down the drain. You know what yep. I mean? Because a lot of these conferences, they ain't getting in. Even if they are that dominant one seed, if they trip up, they're not getting in. So I actually think that creates a little bit more pressure for the one seeds in this tournament because it is truly win and they're in. There's no cushion like there is for, say, a BYU, right, who was in second place in that West Coast Conference. They get upset. They are still likely going dancing. That is not the case for some of the top seeds in these smaller conferences this week. The uh, and, and keep in mind also the ACC here, guys. It, it's in Greensboro, North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, well, isn't like Carolina. half the teams in the ACC yeah. from North Carolina anyway? And Virginia somewhere. Right. Right. Wake there. Forest today. Yeah. You know. I mean. So uh, teams like uh, yeah, exactly. Teams like North Carolina, Duke, obviously have a uh, have a leg sure. up on some of these teams. Uh, this game against Virginia Tech uh, to open up here tonight. It is at the Greensboro Coliseum. That is home of a mid-major program, the UNC Greenboro Spartans. Uh, so there will definitely be a home court advantage for North Carolina, who we know this is it. The tournament is pretty much going to be the end of the road for them. Right. North Carolina is too proud of an organization. They're not accepting a bid to the NIT or the C. It ain't going to happen. They'd rather just shut it down and, uh, and go to work on next year. Uh, and it, to say it's been a disappointing year is a bit of a understatement for Roy Williams and company, but they have actually won three of their last four games. They do have the talent. 
Uh, you know, Cole sure. Anthony at the uh, at the forefront there. It's not like this is a bunch of two and three star athletes they have. They've got the kids on this team, and crazier things have happened. At Virginia Tech went 14 and five to start the year, and they went two and ten the rest of the way. So the wheels have fallen off for Virginia Tech after starting hot, while the wheels fell off rather quickly for North Carolina. But they managed to regroup here late in the season. You got an 11 seed versus a 14 seed. And the 14 seed is North Carolina. Think about that, wow. guys. North Carolina is the 14 seed. Now, the line opens up. North Carolina, two and a half point favorite tonight. That that line's pushed up. I'm seeing yep. three and a half, even four, some spots. Yep. Uh, also, a revenge spot. They lost to Virginia Tech January 22nd by two points, 79 to 77. Uh, North Carolina certainly. Uh, the team that jumps out tonight that has a lot of the sharp support, home court advantage, revenge factor, sure. better form right now than Virginia Tech. This is going to be a tough win uh, for North Carolina, but at the same time, it's a game they can win rather easily, I think. Yeah, so over on FanDuel, Joe, the number has moved to three and a half. So like mm -hmm. you said, following that money, 142 is the total. I see it similar to you. Um, not For me, the other big thing, remember – Cole Anthony was out for a little while in the middle of that season, right? He missed some games there, and I think you have a top-five talent. He will be the best player on the court tonight. I think North Carolina with, with Cole Anthony and yep. with the kind of relative home court advantage is a deserving three-and-a-half-point favorite. It has moved up to three-and-a-half on FanDuel, so follow the money, people. Yep, absolutely, and, uh, and you mentioned it, a couple of um, shout-outs here to some of the Conference winners already, including uh, the Southern Conference with East Tennessee sure. State getting the job done. Um, Belmont and the Ohio Valley already punched their ticket. They're going dancing. Uh, Utah State and the Mountain West yep. already on their way. Punched it. Bradley in the Missouri Valley. Winthrop in the Big South. And Liberty in the Atlantic Sun. Uh, and it's interesting, when you look at Ken Palm's ratings for these teams, you know, East Tennessee State, they got them ranked 55th in That's the country. That's interesting. You've got 42nd for Utah State. You've got Liberty, a two-year program now. It's been eligible for two years. Liberty is the 79th best team in the country, according to Ken Palm. So the all of these teams, I'm telling you this, even Belmont, 108th, Bradley, 107th, Winthrop is the, is the worst at 139th. Any one of these teams in first-round matchups, they're not going to be high seeds, right? No, they're no, going to no. be... 10, 11, 12, they're going to be it's somewhere not lower, in that ballpark. Yeah. Every one of them, every one of them, especially those we just mentioned, East Tennessee State, tons of seniors, right. tons of people have been there, done that. Uh, these teams are very dangerous when the brackets come early around. Plus, they'll also be well-rested because they've already won their tournament. Sure. They're ready to go, and they don't have to worry about Sunday just a matter of who are they going to play starting next week. So a bit of an advantage to them and a bit of a disadvantage because they're probably going to be playing a bubble team. Yeah, and here's the other thing, Joe. Especially you mentioned Utah State in that group. Mm. Utah State beat San Diego State, the number at that point in time, what, the number three team in the country? in order to win their conference championship, right? So to be quite honest, it don't matter who is on the other side, right? If they have that experience and that confidence, they know they have a win against a top-five team on their resume. They're going to wind up being a 12 or 13 seed, something like that. 
they're not going to be afraid. Let's put it that way, right? And as we look to the brackets next week, and we're going to be starting more about our own bracket challenge here on SportsGrid, you know it, Joe. Every single year, there's a 12, a 13, a 14. One of these teams we're talking about, East Tennessee State, Liberty, one of these teams is going to pull the upset. So it makes sense to this week focus on them, learn a little bit about them, and then when you find the one where style makes fight or it's in a more neutral court or the matchup looks right, don't be afraid to pull the trigger next week. Yeah, I, I love, and there is, and we've talked about Cinderella's. They're, they're going to happen here. They're certainly yeah, going to uh, end the dream of some of these blue bloods here at some point early on in these tournaments. And, you know, anybody sleeping on Utah State, I don't know what you've been doing, especially, and Ken Palm is, is the go-to sure, yeah. Bible, guys, when it comes to college hoops. Like DVOA and for football. You, you're talking 42nd. To me, East Tennessee State, a team that won 30 games this year, is 30 and 4, got nothing but juniors and seniors all over the place, guys that have been there, done that. They are used to winning. They win the Southern Conference. They really are a class above everyone else. They got Cinderella written all over them, guys. Every metric in the world, they're top 60 in. So it's going to be a very interesting. Remember them next week. East Tennessee State. Yep. Take a look at the NBA tonight. We'll do that next year on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yeah, Champions League, Premier League, Soccer 2. Let us yeah. Full effect and, no fans uh, in the building, though, Joe. No fans yeah, in no. the building in Italy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy to watch. I'm wondering if it's got any uh, effect on what's going on, but we'll see if we can grab. Uh, I believe Charles Michelle's going to try to stop by. He's got a couple of Champions League nice. uh, plays for next hour, so we haven't talked to him in a while. Yeah, awesome. See if he's got uh, a couple of uh, ways for us to uh, line our pockets here and get ready for crunch time in the, uh, in the association Tonight for some teams, some great games here uh, tonight uh, in, and we've got what, mm-hmm. 14 total in. A ton. Yeah, we got 14 total in college, nine in the NBA, eight in the NHL. So plenty to go on here. And uh, when we look around, there are some teams, it's amazing here, Dane, that when you, motivation, we always say is an absolute killer, right? right. But. Even the teams like we watched last night, teams that uh, are pretty firmly, we know they're playing postseason basketball. But they got to be very careful in these last 30 days because guys will tell you, the last thing they want to do is going is go into the playoffs with doubt. Sure. You know, you, you have to be very careful, whether it be injuries or, you know, it, it's very hard to flip that switch. It really, really is. We're seeing LeBron do it right now. LeBron is gearing up, and you can see how involved he's getting. That's a special case, right? They're getting ready to go. Like, he knows. So if LeBron, a guy that's been to every final known to mankind here since he's been in the league, if this is the time of year he's revving up, that means there's a lot of teams in contention understand that same mindset. So we saw it with Denver last night being called out by their coach all week long. Some horrific losses, lack of effort. So when you look at a card like tonight, you know, you 
you've got some teams that are in that, you know, Indiana. That's where I'm looking. Yep. Boston, teams that understand that, listen, Indiana is far from guaranteed anything. So you got Oladipo back finally again. But you've got to, you know, you got to start winning some games and putting some streaks together because winning cures all. But this Boston Indiana game tonight, very intriguing to me. Eastern Conference, possible, you know, matchup there in the playoffs. I don't expect either of these two teams to, uh, you know, quit or or, uh, or or not take this seriously. These guys don't like to lose, especially this time of year. I think this is going to be a war here tonight. It's been a war in the past. I think it's going to be another war tonight between these two teams. Yeah, that's one of the marquee games on the slate in the association for me tonight as well. Listen, Boston has lost two in a row. And, Joe, you know this. I have been on Boston. I think they're a sneaky team because I think they are deep. I think they are multi-positional. And I think Jason Tatum is on the precipice of becoming that kind of superstar that can carry a team. However, the Indiana Pacers are right there, okay, Joe? Right now, Boston is the three seed. Indiana is the five seed. You got Miami right there. You got Philly right there. They cannot afford a loss to each other when it comes down to the middle of April, and they're looking at tiebreakers. I do think this is the game of the night in the association. Right now, though, it's interesting. Boston goes into Indiana as a two-point favorite. It's interesting mm-hmm. for me that a above, a, you know, an above 500 team like Indiana is going to be getting points at home in a key matchup, Joe. This is a this is going to be a tough spot. They're a little healthier, Boston, than they have been. I, I do believe the only one left is Jalen Brown on the injured list. Right. But, you know, t- they've gone through their rash of injuries, too, like everybody else. Nobody's done it more than Toronto. But Boston certainly has been injured. You mentioned the back-to-back losses. I- I'll also throw this out to you. The last time these two teams play, um, Boston got their ass handed to them and gave up 122 points. Mm. Boston's the best defensive team, and I don't know a lot of people realize this. They only give up 106 points per game. They're the best defense in the league at that metric. So when you play Boston, they clamp down, and we know how tough Indiana is. But Indiana, listen, they've put six or seven wins together now. They're kind of surging. Eight and two in their last ten. going to have the attention of his players tonight in Boston because of the beatdown that they took from uh, from Indiana last time they played. And again, stop the bleeding. You got to stop the bleeding and you're taking on a red hot Indiana team. Um, this is going to be a very interesting game here tonight. Will they give up another 122 or do they clamp down on Indiana with a healthy Victor Oladipo? This is going to be a uh, this is going to be a fun, fun game. Interesting to see Marcus Smart on Victor Oladipo. See how that matchup works out. Feisty versus feisty. It'll be fun to watch this game tonight. It's going to be a brawl. Joe, I got to tell you, the books think it's going to be more than just feisty. Okay, because 214 and a half is the total in this one. That's a pretty low total. You mentioned both Boston at 106 a game, Indiana at 107 a game. You know, I'm reminded of like old school 90s Eastern Conference playoff matchups. And let me also remind everybody that as we get closer and closer to the playoffs, we're going to see some more half court basketball. We just are, especially here out east. So who are those players? Is it Oladipo? Is it someone like, you know, Tatum or Hayward who can get their own shots, create offense? 
when the defense is there, when the tempo is slower. But I find it interesting, 214.5, that's a pretty low total. So everyone thinks this is going to be a grind tonight in Indianapolis. Interesting, since the it opened at 217. It's down so three it's points. Getting, getting hammered, guys. It's, uh, it's getting hammered. Two teams that play defense. And when you've got a team that, like Boston, again, type of situation here. Hey, guys, they hammered you last time. He's going to be in their ear. They know what's at stake. It's going to be a fun game tonight. As Fun also in another way, depending on how you want to look at it, is two of the bottom dwellers in the conference. But fun because of the style of basketball that they've been playing. And the Knicks taking on the Wizards here tonight <laughs> in Washington. Uh, listen, I, I'm shocked with the number. The number is 227 here, and we know Washington is not going to play any defense. Right. We do know th they can play defense, the Knicks. The Knicks can play defense. They can also, you know, they can put up some points here. I find the number interesting. Washington is a four-point favorite in this game. The total is at 227. I don't. The Wizards just seem to always play in the 230s to 240s right. because – there's no defense here, even against lesser offensive teams like the Knicks. I think the total might be a very interesting look at here tonight in this game uh, because the Knicks have been playing some inspired, some fun basketball here. Yeah, but at the same time, what did we just say at the top of the show about that Hornets-Hawks game, right? We mm -hmm. talked about teams that were out of it. We talked about teams that maybe the effort won't be there as much. And then you compound that just, just by the two words, Washington Wizards, Joe. When I hear right. Washington Wizards, I think over 228 on FanDuel. So it's bumped up a point at our partners over on FanDuel. And I got to tell you, I think this zooms over, Joe. I really do because the Wizards can score. And I know, you, like you say, the Knicks are playing a little bit inspired more recently. Right. But I don't know that the defense comes to that level. I like the over in this one at 228. It's, um, it's interesting. You would, Washington's not been a great They've actually played three straight unders, and that's only the second time it's happened right. all year long. They're also at home, and you know they're fifteen and fifteen to the with the total fifteen over, fifteen under at home. at home. A lot of their damage has been on the road, where teams, for whatever reason, they don't play any defense, and then they, they give up one nineteen a game, Joe. I mean, yeah. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Last time they played, by the way, is 11496. Mm. Believe it or not, right. the Washington, they actually played defense against the uh the I don't know why, but they did. Uh but that total number is going to be something to uh to keep an eye at. And also Memphis tonight playing uh playing the yeah. Orlando Magic. All of a sudden the Orlando Magic and Memphis Grizzlies are two pretty hot teams here now over the last couple of weeks playing some great basketball. Orlando finally starting to put it together offensively. A lot of big men on that team, a yep. lot of length, a lot of athleticism. This, too, should be one of those games where there might be some points scored in this when it's all said and done. 221 and a half is the total for the Magic and the Grizzlies. For me, Joe, the key, and remember, right now, these are both of the eight seeds in mm -hmm. each conference, right? I got to tell you the truth, though, Joe. I believe Memphis is a better team with more talent and the arrow pointing up, and they are at home. I don't know if Orlando is good enough to go on the road. I saw them go on the road and win against Brooklyn uh, about a week ago on a game where I had the Nets, so I remember that from post-traumatic stress syndrome, shall we say. But I like yeah. Memphis right now. The, the, the spread right now is three on FanDuel. Memphis is laying three. I'm okay with that. I think Memphis is hot right now. I pray to John Morant.
Yeah, and uh, and the Grizzlies do play some defense. So, and uh, you know, they've they've been known to be able to clamp down a little bit. They're they're pretty good guys, guys. I think they've won what four out of their last five yeah. games. They've Orlando covered. seven games under when it goes to be on the road. Yeah. I just don't know if they can go on the road at a team that still has something to play for and is talented and get the job done. Yeah, you've got a uh, you got a team that's covered now in all four of their wins here. Four out of five they covered in those four. The other game was against the Lakers, so you can't hold Memphis uh, accountable right. for that. Uh, I, and they opened up as a two point favorite, so it's getting pushed up, up to three. three. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, can the Magic, whose offense has been abysmal at times this year, recently it's kind of gone through this this spurt where, wow, we can actually score points. And, you know, they beat up on Houston pretty well there last week, but maybe that was an anomaly because I don't know what to make of Houston right now, who has got to figure out a way to get back on track. And maybe the best way to do that is to welcome in the Minnesota Timberwolves. But... Minnesota is a different team without Carl Anthony Towns. Way more up-tempo. There might be 300 points scored in this game here. All right, so the fact that the total is 244 and a half doesn't scare you, Joe? I mean, that's, I would expect that for the Washington Wizards, right? Washington Wizards, Phoenix Suns, something like that. So I hear you that, you know, they play differently without Cat. D'Angelo Russell really starting to do his thing up there, but I don't know. And I know the Houston Rockets are small ball. They're going to chuck it up, I know. But will they hit them is the question for me. It's a big number, too. It I is mean, 12 and a half. 12 and a half is a lot. lot of- that's a lot of points for a team that doesn't, outside of Russell Westbrook, play a whole lot of defense. So, couple of big lines tonight: Lakers and the Warriors. You know, the Lakers and the Clippers, big, big favorites tonight as well. Yep, yep. We'll uh, we'll talk about some of those West Coast games uh, coming up here, and uh, the Brooklyn Nets looking for a coach. Maybe, maybe they found them. I don't know. They're taking on the Lakers tonight. We'll break it down for you. We'll do that coming up next here on the Grid Hour Two. Next, SportsGrid.com. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 